0: Welcome back to the Messy Reformation. My name's Jason Rice. I'm the lead pastor at Faith Community CRC in Beaverdam, Wisconsin. My co-host is Willie Cronkey. He's a member at Pease CRC in Pease, Minnesota. We're just a couple of guys who love the Christian Reformed Church and want to see Reformation happen in our denomination. And we realize that whenever Reformation has happened in the history of the church, things get messy. And after this past synod, things are really starting to get messy in the Christian Reformed Church. So we're taking the opportunity to have conversations with pastors throughout the Christian Reformed Church to find out what's going on in our denomination, but also to talk about what Reformation might look like. If you haven't already, take a moment, click subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming content. We are dropping episodes every single Sunday evening. We also want to say thank you to everyone who sponsored us on Patreon. We're slowly making our way to our modest goal of 20 sponsors at $5 a month. If you appreciate what we're doing and want to help us continue to put out content, head on over to patreon.com backslash TheMessyReformation. You can also support us by sharing our content. I'm a terrible self-marketer and need your help. If you know of anyone who would benefit from listening to this content, let them know about The Messy Reformation. Also, let them know about our newest announcement, the Hall of Tyrannus. We're really excited about this new opportunity to disciple reformers for the CRCNA. Make sure you check out our first discipleship course on created sexuality that begins in November. If you'd like more information on this, head on over to themessyreformation.com and look for the Hall of Tyrannus. With all that said, we're going to get to this week's episode, which is part two of our conversation with Dan DeGraff.
1: I've gotten to hear of the first generation that came to the faith. And it, it, it was a Vin who came to the faith because he, he really wanted to marry this girl uh, back in the uh it would have been like the 1890s, I think is when they got together. And, and, and her dad was like, he needs to come to the faith. He needs to be a believer in order for you guys to get married. And that was where the faith started in this family line. And that's so cool. Like to think about faith, you know, faith and transformation needs to start somewhere, and it isn't. It's gonna. It's not going to come into full effect in one generation, and everything is perfect. Like, like I'm not perfect. You guys aren't perfect. Your other forty whatever guests that you've had on this podcast, not one of us is perfect. And people like, <laughs> if there's anything that needs to be stated clear, and I think we did a good job of that. To go back to Synod, but I think we do a good job of that in our churches. I remember you, Jason, talking about there's times where, when you have sins that you commit publicly that that you need to tell your congregation, Hey, I messed up here. Like I need your forgiveness, mm-hmm. you know? And then there's other sins that are more private in nature and, and it isn't that you don't have to repent of those, but it's a different, it's a, it's a one-on-one repentance between you and God or you and your family, your wife, whatever it may be. Um, And, and that is, huh, that is just such an important thing to see is, is how, faith grows and sanctification grows. And, and like you said, like, if we, if we will take stock of the past, we w- we will grow in these things as time goes on. Um, yeah. Amen. We, 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 won't want, we won't want sin to continue festering in our lives. Like it's that, uh, it, yeah, it's that simple. So,
0: yeah. I I've, I've long wanted to write something on uh, the joy of repentance mm. because I think uh, we, we don't, we just have lost that, that idea that there's actual joy in, in repenting. And I remember now it was funny. I was listening to an audio drama of the Christmas Carol. Hmm. And, uh, and then I went and tried to find it in the book and realized it wasn't quite in the book, but anyways, in the Christmas Carol, you know, Scrooge repents and uh in this audio drama when he repents all of a sudden he starts getting giddy and excited and you can see that in the in the book you can see it in the book and you can see it in the movies and stuff that he there's a joy in his repentance all of a sudden he actually goes from being scrooge and and all of the connotations around being scrooge just being a a stick in the mud to being a joyful man Mm. who's a benefit and a blessing to those around him and uh and I thought, man, it's just a good another another good image for us to remember that there's actual joy in turning from our sin and repenting of it.
1: Definitely.
0: And and that's again back to my favorite part of the Heidelberg Catechism. That's what the catechism says is involved in genuine repentance and conversion. Yes,
1: right. Yes. It's you, you, <laughs> you
0: turn you're repeatedly turning away from your sin and running away from it. And then it's also rising to life of the new, which is a wholehearted joy. In Christ, and so, like, there's joy and repentance and conversion. That's that's been in our confessions forever, and yet we sometimes lose that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So, Dan, I mean, just to switch the conversation up just a little bit—not much, but... <laughs> <laughs> just a little, <laughs> just a little. Uh, having spent time in numerous just <clears throat> ecclesiastical settings and seminary settings, what are some things that you have kind of learned about the CRC through your time here? Um, you, you, you said you, you've been a lifer, uh, in the CRC, which is so cool, but what are some things that you've come to know
1: about the CRC through your time here? Yeah, that's a great question. I, it, I'll, I'll point to our classes. So Willie and I are, are in the same classes. We're in classes like superior, uh, and, and that is the only binational classes in the CRC, um, and i re- i bring that up because i think classis like superior is really a, a good microcosm of the denomination as a whole not only when it comes to binationality um but also in terms of more conservative orthodox uh ch- churches and pastors uh to those that are a bit more liberal and progressive we've we've got that gamut in ways that some other classes don't including uh, so i grew up in classis iliana um mm. if if i had told you that the whole CRC was like class Siciliana, uh, especially back in the nineties and and early two thousands. Not at all. Like that, that was a big learning curve for me to see that we were not um, as, as conservative, as Orthodox as, as what I grew up with. Um, And so I've, I've learned that along the way. Uh, I I think. uh, I've seen, and I know other podcast guests have talked about this before, like our denomination loves, 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 loves missions, uh, from, from world renewed to, to resonate, uh, in their past, you know, versions of themselves, uh, with back to God hour as well. Like there are uh, a lot of different things that, that we've done really well. And, and that's again, you know, when I talked about my camp ministry, like it's the CRC seemed all head knowledge, not enough heart. Um, you, you, you get away that oh these aren't just these abstract things that we send offerings to every week or every month. These are are real things. These are real people uh, who are are ministering abroad, um, who are doing what they can to get the gospel into places. And so that's really great, like to see the CRC being involved in that. Um, but that said, I, I do think when when I've so I grew up. Uh, in part, during seminary, you know, listening to to Kevin DeYoung, listening to John Piper, listening to some of these more celebrity pastors. As much as Kevin DeYoung denies being a celebrity pastor, that's another conversation for another day. Uh, <laughs> but but some of these big names, and, and you get the feeling that there's just so much consistency in the in the denominations and traditions that these guys are a part of, and and it's just the crc is not a monolith by any way shape or form uh which is good in, including so we had classes lake superior meet for our fall meeting last week um and and a group of people went out afterwards this was the first time we had met in person since before covid uh, it's been over 2 years since we were able to do this uh and over the course of that 2 years it i, I think more than ever like so we realized at the classes meeting itself there there is a a deeper conversation, just like we see our denomination having with with the binationality of the U.S. and Canada, and what is law, what are the proper structures, we see that in classes like superior. And it's easy when you're just looking at institutions to say, well, this is the route that we should take. It's easy to to go back into our own corners and say, this is what we're going to do. But then you get together with brothers and sisters, just like at Synod, and you're like, wow, these are friends, you know, and again, we can, we can run the gamut of, of more to orthodox to less orthodox to progressive. Um, but you do understand the, the value that, that we can consider ourselves part of a body that extends outside of our states. Uh, I'm the lone Wisconsin church, or, or Baldwin is the lone Wisconsin church in Classis Lake Superior. Uh, we won't let Minn Kota or Classis Wisconsin steal us away. Uh, but. Thanks. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, but it, it really is. Um, it's, it's good to see brothers and sisters from across the border and, and to know that hopefully most, if not all of us are worshiping the same God, you know, and we're, we're in the same fight. Um, Willie and I got to see Willie was there as a guest this, this past week, and and we got to see a candidate, uh, or, or a colloquium doctum, actually a, a candidate from outside, the denomination coming into a, a church in Canada. And it was, that was one of the most encouraging things for me at the classes meeting was to see, uh, he, his, his, uh, his church delegates got asked afterwards because he wasn't even able to come to our meeting in person because of visa issues, but his, his church delegates got asked, like, how did you, a small Canadian church out in the Prairie find this guy or how did you get connected? And so, uh, to that end, like it's it's really exciting. Like there are still people seeing the CRC on the global scale and seeing, hey, this is a, a worthwhile denomination uh that, that loves Jesus, um, that wants to grow in the kingdom, that wants to do mission, that wants to see people come to him. And uh and so yeah, that hopefully that answers a little bit li- Willy, what I'm seeing in and, and what I've I've grown to find out about the CRC.
0: Yeah, I want to ask you a question that's <clears throat> been on my mind uh, today, um, and uh, it's, it's, it's maybe going to sound like a funny question, but I think it, it does point to something deeper. Um, again, coming out of Synod, there was a lot of talk outside of the CRC about what happened, and actually a lot of positive things from people outside mm. the CRC about what happened. Um, and one, uh, there was one podcast, and I forget the name, I think it was Conversations That Matter, something like that. I think he's a Southern Baptist guy. And uh, he was showing clips from Synod and commenting on it. And he was a little concerned about some of the loose ends that weren't tied up. But mm. but one of the things he said in that video has been picked up, and I've seen people talk about it repeatedly, was what he called the NPR voice uh, that that kind of dominated synod, right? And so I yeah. just saw that picked up by somebody today on social media somewhere, like, you know, this NPR voice of the CRC, um, that's going to be something we're going to have to address and we're going to have to deal with eventually. And uh, I just want to throw, I've got some thoughts on that, but I want to throw that out to you, Dan, and see, like, what do you think? Like, why do we have this, why is it kind of the official voice of the CRC, has this kind of npr kind of uh tone to it i think is probably what they're talking about and if you don't have the npr thing you're kind of seen (laughs) as you know anathema i guess i don't know what do you think that's about
1: yeah you think of the uh i don't know if it's a meme but it's a statistic of, of like you see the spectrum of of where different news networks are and yeah i think npr bbc that kind of stuff is right in the middle and then you get you know fox and and uh one American network or whatever to one side. And yeah, you get more progressive ones to the other, uh, the young Turks. And, um, I, I think, you know, even like being in, uh, from my time in camp ministry, um, I, I got to experience everything from, uh, Southern Baptist, missionary Baptist, UMCs, Catholics, um, occasionally, rarely we'd get a PCA group in there. Um, but we also had, um we had youth groups that were like part of YMCAs. They weren't like the, the level of faith was so minimal. Mm. Uh and, and I don't say that to bash them, it was just it was where they were at. And 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 yeah. the main premise of our ministry was you had to agree to the apostles' creed. Uh and and yeah, partner and I uh I forget what background he might have been non denami then, but we got into a good conversation of on hell, and and, and we were mm-hmm. like, You believe it hell is real, right? Well, no, but or, that's in the apostles creed. So we're going to push back on that one, but, uh, no, so I bring that up because it it is, we are, because we're small, because no one knows who the CRC is like the PCA and like the SBC, you know, we're not one of the big acronyms out there. I I think we're able to play this middle ground. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that is why we have that and, 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 and we want to be nice, you know, like the, 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 the differences between the coast and the Midwest and then West Michigan, we could get into all that in Northwest Iowa. Like there is a Midwest nice that I think does permeate quite a bit into our denomination. Mm-hmm. um We don't want to offend people. uh We want it. We want there to be room for all in a, a biblical way, not, the way some other organizations take room for all to be um but i think that's i think that's how we get there i don't know what do you think I, well
0: i so i've been thinking that it might and this is just me you know there's there's no data behind this it's just me poking around at it but i i just i wonder if i feel like there's this undercurrent in in the crc especially amongst I don't know. There's not a good way to say it. I'll just say it, like the CRC elite. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um that that we need to be seen as respectable. And uh and there were, you know, we have to we have to be seen as intellectual but loving and and respectable and and if we kind of lose the the NPR voice a little bit. Um if we get a little this is funny because it's coming from me I'm kind of all over the place but if you get a little wound up a little bit or if you raise your voice a little bit then you're you're losing some respectability here and we need to right. be calm composed respectable people
1: right. and, and, and to uh, the end that you know not to bring in Senate again but I'm going to like you know there were conversations that we had or that people had that delegates had mm-hmm. that that you know there were murmurings that oh you you can't ask that question you know and it was like well, how are we going to know the truth then? You know, and, 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 the truth again, wasn't loveless orthodoxy, but the truth was simply like, we want to know where denomination is going. You yeah. have to, as you guys said last week, like you need to develop trust and, and where does that burden fall? You know, to an extent it applies to all of us, but the institutions have to start rebuilding that first. And so we need, we need to know. Um, but I do think there is, yeah, there, there is there's a sense that we do. We want to play nice with everyone, and um, God's kingdom and God's grace are really big, and so let's not tie God down too much. Let's not put him in a box too much, and that's what some people see. Yeah. Unfortunately, I would say that's what they see the confessions doing is putting God in a box, and, and we'd say, well, it's only the box that the Bible gives us, like yeah. and there is mm-hmm. still – I told my 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 Bible study this yesterday. There is still plenty about God that is a mystery to me. There's still plenty to God. Like I, I can't pinpoint you every single thing, but you start asking us questions and I can, I don't have the answer. Like and, and I'll yeah. readily admit that. Like I don't know everything. Um, and and so there is stuff that's a mystery about God, and and we can be upfront about that and say, hey, Yeah, like there are things that we can disagree with and, and still be brothers and sisters in the faith. You know, we can be united but but the bible also tells us certain things that that we have to go on and um not compromise on and and that's yeah i think that's where we see some of those crc elite yeah going is is they want to make they want to make friends and making friends doesn't just mean being kind and compassionate and neighborly it means saying yeah if you like yeah sure we'll agree to everything and and Yeah, Yeah, I'll leave it at, you know, I, that's my issue with, you know, we get into some institutions and, and like our ecumenical and interfaith committee, and, and I wonder, and I haven't dug into this, like, I'll, I'll admit my naivety on that. But, you know, you wonder, like, how, how should faiths, you know, people of different faith backgrounds really interact, like, like, isn't our desire to see all people be saved? And the only way to that is Jesus Christ. If we're not promoting that, then what are we doing? You know, like that's not, that's not the neighborly or loving thing to do just to say, Oh, you're Muslim. Okay. Have a nice life. Like you, you do your thing. I'll do mine. That's not, uh, again, maybe I'm not even just completely off base on what interfaith stuff is, but that's, I I do think that's part of it is we just want to be nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think you did hit on something that, that uh I, I appreciated the idea that NPR does try to be in the middle, and uh and that that and we it's
1: debatable, but <laughs> that's yeah, what they yeah. try. <laughs> uh,
0: but and we're also a denomination that likes to kind of be the third way, right? Yes. Like, oh, we've yes. got these people who are over here, and we've got these people who are over
1: here, and we're right here in did, the middle. Did when you were at Kelvin, did you read a book called uh I think it was called Deep Church?
0: Mm -hmm. my bellinger is that i think so yeah i I read that book either my undergrad or at calvin
1: because we read that at western and i remember like all throughout that book it was always the third way the third way the third way and i think like in the crc and the rca both have tried to be try to contend for that same space yeah
0: yeah well and that's why again why we come out of synod having made these decisions and people are there's like this gut reaction amongst some, especially again I'll just say the elites but there's there's kind of a I don't know people call them institutionalist I guess is another person another I don't know labels are I'll, not always helpful
1: but I'll throw out West Michigan bubble and I'll I'll take okay. I'll take the yeah. blame and the brunt of all that offense, okay. but yeah
0: <laughs> so but anyways there's been kind of a gut reaction amongst that group like well there's got to be a middle way. Yeah. like coming out of Synod 2022 there has to be a third way there has to be this middle way that we can walk in between and uh and nobody's nobody actually sees a middle way like they're no. show me there is no middle way coming no. forward that's the just the reality we're 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 two separate things but yeah there's that gut reaction kind of built into us and and people have to realize like sometimes the middle way is good but sometimes oh, yeah. Sometimes the middle way is just a, an effort to try to pursue the broad path that Jesus talks about instead yes. of following the narrow way. Yeah. And uh, and so the middle way is not always the good way. Sometimes, and this actually, I think there's something in Revelation three about not being hot, not being cold, but just being the middle way. The, and Jesus,
1: lukewarm water, I think. Yeah, is, he's uh, not real <laughs>
0: happy about the middle way there. So like I think it's just important for us to remember that like the middle way is not always good. Yeah. The uh, middle way is sometimes bland and boring and and unhelpful and unbiblical and unloving and so we just sometimes we just need to take a stand. Mm. And uh and say here's here I am, you know. And so yeah. What uh where do you think where do you see us going from here, Dan, um as a, as a denomination? What where, where do you see happening over the next year or two?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I am hopeful for the CRC. I I think I don't see us walking back on the foundation that we've laid, you know, that's been laid for us. We I think we'd all agree that that's the case, but but that we've firmed up now. Um, And and I do think that means that there's going to be changes in our denomination. Uh, I think we're going to see numeric changes. We've already, um, you know, I think just a, a few weeks ago, we saw some changes happening in some of those congregational ministry offices that, that they had to be combined. And I, I don't think we all fully understand what that exactly looks like yet. Um, But we're starting to see, you know, the denominational footprint shrink that I think came out of like Synod 2016 or 2016, you know, back then. Um, So, and, and that, is, that is difficult, you know, as a CRC lifer, like you, you I think uh, whether it was our last executive director or the executive director before him even, but we talk about, you know, these congregational surveys we take, they, they always point out a bunch of stuff that everyone likes and wants to keep around. And we don't want to cut this ministry off or that ministry off. But the truth is, you know, the, the denomination probably needs to be whittled down and, and ideally that means our churches start doing this work ourselves. That means our classes start doing the work themselves. Um, and and so i think there's there's hope there you know not that not that there's anything necessarily wrong with a lot of the the denominational office ministries um but but i think we're going to see those changes we're going to continue to see the denomination downsize in those ways uh and i mean my hope is is that we come out of this in a place where Again, the kind of things that that made me want to go into ministry and that make me love the CRC, both that confessional piece and that service love oriented piece. You know, I think Chong even used that term, uh, orthocardia, at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. that. That's right. That needs to be there. Um and, and and so I think we're in, you know, we are in for a tumultuous time. Um, Those of us who were delegates at Synod knew uh, that just because we left campus in june or july whatever month that was you know the last yeah six months have been a blur uh but things weren't done you know we we didn't uh it it, yeah we it wasn't like a knockout punch that you're just walking away from and oh everything's everything's fit and set now um Mm -hmm. so there's there's going to be changes and i think you know some of the stuff that you guys bring up about the 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 seminary and the college I think we're going to continue to see effects there I'm hope you know I'm hopeful that that if those can survive with the CRC that that they'll be pointed in a more more orthodox way again being out in in Baldwin Wisconsin I do I feel farther away from from Grand Rapids just like when I was in South Dakota you know and so it's easy to say ah Grand Rapids will do what they want and And we got to hear about that, you know, from, from Zach Dewey and and others on the coast. Uh, They're a long ways from Grand Rapids. Like it's really easy to, to kind of, Hey, we're doing our thing. They're doing theirs. And um, we need, we need to figure out how to get the denomination on the same page with the local church. Um, And, 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 you know, you know, so what I look for uh, is, is Orthodox churches, Orthodox pastors, Orthodox Christians, um being willing to commit to 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 walking with the church living with the church uh willie and i have talked about um how it would be great you know if if more traditional orthodox conservative churches whatever we want to put but out here in the midwest would be willing to take more candidates for for summer internships or if not longer internships um you know let's not just say hey the classroom is good enough let's get them you know, out here and, and do some of the formation work on our own. And, um, I, yeah, that that's one of my things is, you know, again, my stupidity, my foolishness, my ignorance, my immaturity, um, coming right out of college into seminary at 22, 23 years old, you know, I knew what I wanted. I wanted to get right into ministry. I wanted to be in the church. Don't put me in the classroom. I don't need the classroom anymore. You don't know what you need. And and there's a lot of stuff that we need to learn on, on the ground, you know, that, that you don't, you just because you have an MDiv doesn't mean, you know, everything. However, um, you know, the old, the old practice of three years in the classroom and a year long internship. Yeah. Four years isn't efficient, but it, it would shape people more and, and give better grounding. And I think young, especially young seminarians need to be, told what they need or what might be beneficial more than them just saying hey three years is cheaper if not two and a half years i mean we're seeing you know some of these bachelor and mdiv programs combining and you can get them done in five years now total Mm -hmm. and it's like that's for for some people they are gifted enough and god is equipping them enough in other ways that yes they can serve and they can learn what they need to learn on the ground praise god but there is, our, our churches need to be willing to do some of that harder work and, uh, and have those conversations too. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, I've been saying that. I, uh,
0: I've been encouraging uh, conversations I've had with people at the seminary too that we would start rethinking again how we do. Um, you know, there's been this call for the last, mm-hmm. I don't know, been for a long time, like the last 10 years, I feel like, Where pastors are like, I wasn't, didn't feel like I was equipped, you know, to do some of the ministry things I needed to do as a pastor. And so then the seminary's been changing curriculum to try to address more practical stuff and kind of exactly dropping some of the biblical stuff. And I've been pushing back on that, saying, you can't learn any of that in no. in seminary. I mean, here's one of my one of my favorite stories. Um I haven't told this one yet. I don't know if I've told this one on the podcast, but day 1 of being a senior pastor, literally day 1. I go into my office thinking first day I'm taking it easy, just going to get my office set up. I'm going to be chill. And 10 minutes in my office I get a phone call from a lady weeping and saying, "I'm at the hospital. Uh they just told me my dad's going to be dead in like just a few oh. hours can you come and i'm like uh who is this and she's like i don't know the <laughs> hospital like i'm not from around here the hospital just yes. gave a church's phone number can you come and i'm like okay oh, man. um where's the hospital because i just moved into town i didn't even know where the hospital was so i go i'm like yep i'll be there grab my bible grab my uh in life and in death book that's okay yep. We'll yep, that. Great resource. Head off to the hospital, wander down the halls, uh, see a woman crying and say, like, oh, are you so and so? Yep, I'm so and so. Talk to her. Um, come in. She's talking to her me about her dad, and and it's her and a few sisters, and they're pretty crazy and uh like just the high energy, and uh they're talking talking to them about their dad. He's a musician, and I was like, Oh, I play guitar, and they're like, Oh, do you sing? And I was like, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I kind of sing. Dude. Yeah, I mean, we play guitar, and they're like, "Could you sing us and your and our dad a song?" Wow. And I'm like, right now, yeah. Could you sing us a song right now? Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, sure, let's yep. do it. And so they're, you know, I mean, I'm like half an hour into the job, and here I'm singing, you know, singing. I don't even remember what song it was. Singing in the middle of the hospital to this family, and. Oh. Uh, and ministering to them and then eventually do their do the funeral and have the opportunity to preach the gospel do a bunch of their relatives and uh it was powerful you know nice. and and then they did it to me again at the graveside they're like could you could you sing us a song
1: <laughs> could you can you sing us amazing <laughs> like, like you can't there learn that
0: you just it's just baptism no. by fire right yeah. you just got to get thrown in and uh and figure it out and so that's one of the things I've been encouraging, anyways, is this internship. I, I, I really want to see it more robust, um, because you have to learn that. And then another thing that hopped into my mind as you were talking, um, because I found it funny that I mean, so you're in you're in Baldwin, I'm in Beaver Dam, right? So yep. I'm even closer to to Grand Rapids, and yet even in Beaver Dam, Wisconsin, I think there's a di- there we feel the disconnect. Oh, from for the- sure, right? Yep. I remember a, a guy in our congregation when we were looking for a pastor in, in uh, Princeton, Minnesota, saying, mm. we're in Outer Mongolia of the CRC. And that's just like six hours away from Grand yeah. Rapids. Yeah, and, uh, and so you can imagine then like, you know, like what Zach Dewey had to say. Like you get even further out, you just feel zero connection to the denomination. And I've been really wanting to kind of push on this idea. Um, remote work is a big thing right now. Mm. And most of these denominational positions could be done remotely. Yeah. And uh, how beautiful would that be, I think, for our denomination if we spread out um, some of these denominational positions out of the Grand Rapids bubble. And we had people serving in these more denominational positions who are in Washington and in down in Texas or in New York or Florida. And, you know, we've got CRC churches in all of these places. Yeah. And uh, we could serve from there remotely and then have, you know, I mean, people are figuring out how to work remote all the time. And that would kind of spread things out and probably give us a better understanding and representation of, of our denomination. And it also seems like it would kind of flow from what we're accomplishing with the council of delegates, Mm. which is this representation of the broader denomination as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What I, I, I do, I think, you know, like you said, that was one of the things I, I did after Senate was kind of making a map, making a spreadsheet. I'm a, yeah, I'm an admin nerd. Um, but it showed me, we need, we need them too. I know. I know. Me and Aaron Breesman, I guess I, yeah, he's an, he's another whole nother tier, but uh, it, it did. It shows just how many places across this continent and now expanding, hopefully beyond, you know, with the, the yeah. churches in Venezuela and Cuba and, and, and whatnot. But um We are, we are across America. And and I've looked at, you know, I'll be honest, I've looked at other denominations before when I early on in this whole deal. And I wasn't sure, is the CRC going to make it? Are we going to settle where we settled this summer? You know, you start looking around what else is out there. And I mean, I know the URC, I know a little bit of the OPC, but then you start looking outside and there's other denominations that are, you know, in the Southeast of the U S and I'm like, I agree on a lot of stuff with them. We have a lot in common, but like I'd be five hours or six hours away from the closest church. And I'm not going to, you know, I and, and the churches I serve in probably aren't going to know anything about that. And and so that is one of the beautiful parts as we've done, you know, and, and it's come with its challenges. Like we, it's hard historically for the CRC to move into places, to plant in places that don't have a strong either Dutch community or at least the three forms of unity, you know, knowledge. Um, but it does happen. Uh, and that doesn't, just because they don't know it now doesn't mean they can't, you know, I mean, there is, there's a growing confessionalism beyond our borders as well beyond our churches. And, um, let's, let's not deny the work of the Holy spirit before it even begins. Um,
0: yeah, and Dan, kind of pursuant to that end. I'm just wondering as we as we kind of draw this to a close, uh, and to anybody who's listening here, what what would you say as far as what the next year could look like, vision that's going to be cast, uh how God is reforming his church? Kind of just final words and thoughts on that as we move forward here.
1: Yeah, I think you know, one of the things we need as member or members in our churches to do is is to keep praying. Um, and for the, the churches themselves, you know, from the pulpit, uh, and and I'm, I don't have this completely, you know, obedient and faithful in my own life and practice, but, um, if we genuinely want to see reformation in the churches, if we genuinely want to see repentance among those and, 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 sanctification towards orthodoxy, um, one, we have to pray for, for people that aren't in that place right now and and hope and believe that that can change um and that then also we have to love them and we have to be willing to listen um mm. I you know uh, there's disagreement over what the in local committee is doing in in Grand Rapids East and Neeland, and and I feel that tension myself I'd I'd love to see things move faster it's a whole nother topic for someone else to talk about um but I think there is a benefit too of listening on some stuff. You know, I I would like to see the local committee be more direct. Uh but I do think there are things we can learn from those who might not be as you know, head knowledge confessional than than what some of us are. Um yeah, there, there's things to learn from the church beyond the CRC as well and um I think we continue to work for for the glory of God and his kingdom um and and stay stay committed in the CRC, be willing to help out, be willing to serve, um, and and don't just rely on on pastors and, and and even council members. It takes all of us in the priesthood of believers.
0: That's all we have for this week. Stay tuned next week for our conversation with Eric Van Dyken. But until then, don't forget this is Christ Church. And he bought it with his blood. And we've been warned that wolves will come in trying to destroy the flock. So keep a close watch on your life and on your doctrine. Preach the word in season and out of season. And keep fighting the good fight in this messy reformation.